Have you ever noticed that if you ask 10 people what corporate diversity and inclusion means, you'll get 10 different answers? We invite you to join us for the Inclusion Score podcast as we discuss the standardization of corporate diversity and inclusion. I'm Karen Prater Jasmine, Chief Data Officer at Inclusion Score. And I'm James Felton Keith, CEO at Inclusion Score. We'll meet with leading experts, academics, diplomats, and business people about how to methodologically deliver corporate inclusivity across your organization's governance, HR, product delivery, and supplier diversity. Let's focus on getting DNI right, because if you've worked where we've worked over the years, you know that a bad system beats good intentions any day. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Inclusion Score. Uh, this particular week, we're in the, the third week of November, and we're starting to wrap up the very last cohort for 2022 of our certification in ISO 30415. And I just, I'm here alone today. Uh, Karen's off and I wanted to spend some time addressing some of the questions that have come up uh, in our class from folks around the globe. Uh, And so we've cropped out some of these questions for you all to discuss via podcast, to have some Q&A on whichever platform you're listening on. But uh, we wanna explore some of the questions from the class because we think that there are questions that a lot of you are are having uh, and that we're getting an email. Uh, so with that said, I'm going to play a few clips and try to answer these questions as I have um, during the certification program uh, that we have uh, here in the in the U.S. Uh, at least. So these are questions from the U.S., not from the courses in uh, France or South Africa. Uh, so we'll get right to it. Hi, yeah, yes. So like my question is based on like everything you've been teaching us is like different things happen in different buckets, like separating out procurement from HR, from leadership, et cetera. Especially in this conversation, this class, and we talked about it a little bit in the last class, it seems as though a lot of work in DNI is happening at the bottom, like the movement to change. So this might sound a little brash, but like, so then what is the role of the chief diversity officer? So that question comes from one of our newly minted uh, DIPs here in the U.S. And she asks this question because we spent a lot of time during the course really breaking down the new international standard from a corporate change management standpoint. So the, the certification in the course is more about process design than whatever diversity might mean across the 8 billion people on the planet. And when we think about that chief diversity officer or equity and inclusion officer or chief inclusion officer role, and you know, each company coins them or names them, titles them something different. The role is to be a lead operator and delegator of DNI tasks specific to the 32 domains of the ISO standard and specific to the 27 different diversity types that we recognize per legal dockets in HR and specific to the four project types that an institution might distribute, whether those projects be training or data extraction or internal infrastructure or external infrastructure, no matter what, uh, which, excuse me, of the four buckets projects fall into, 
The chief diversity officer role, which was, I think, the number two type of role hired on LinkedIn last year, or at least promoted to be hired on LinkedIn last year, should really be the lead operator of the DNI portfolio in your business, right? Uh, I think the part that we didn't play from the clip is, and Christine's her name, who, who asked us, what is the role of the chief diversity officer other than delegating work? You know, everyone outside of the CEO at any company are really responsible for strategy and operations, strategy and delegation of a role. That doesn't mean that the leaders who, who hold these roles, whether it's chief financial officer, chief operating officer, even chief information officer, can't be, you know, evangelists for the discipline or for the industry or for the company. It doesn't mean that they can't have, you know, great speaking events and public personas, right? I think we want that chief diversity officer to be someone multi-talented who can not only run an organization, but can also communicate externally about what the organization is doing. All of that said, though, the core responsibility, if we're going to see change happen internally, and chief diversity officers are usually responsible for internal transformation, not external transformation, uh, even if internal transformation influences product design and delivery to a customer base, right? That happens internally and it breaches the organization's walls to engage whoever their customer body is, whether it's a in person or whether it's another enterprise. And so the core objective of the chief diversity officer role will be to own the portfolio projects that a company is doing and to delegate tasks, hopefully based on the risk elements, the 171 different portions of the ISO standard, to understand what their capability for addressing DNI issues is going to be in the near and far future. I think the value of a chief diversity officer role is really being able to be a liaison between the executive suite right those c-suite decision makers who provide budgets to do things in an organization and the people in procurement and product delivery and human resources that will escalate uh, dni priorities from the bottom up right so the objective is to have folks who are in the organization in the business or support the business whether they be procurement or hr folks Right. And again, when I say in the business, I mean, everyone in the business of whatever it is you do, whether you sell products or services are in the product delivery space. Right. Even if your product is governance and you're a government. So you have people who are in the business making that go around and then you have support staff, both the procurement teams, which usually orchestrate supplier diversity. Right. That's in support of what the business does. They're buying things for them to do what they do better, hopefully. Right. And then you've got human resources who bring those folks in and give them auxiliary support. But they're always supporting the product folks, the people in the business. Those three rungs, again, supplier diversity, product delivery, human resources, those are where the internal policies around diversity and inclusion are baked and then delivered for agreement, disagreement, ratification of sorts by the executive staff. Right, that chief decision maker, that chief budget holder. And a chief diversity officer would be ideal to liaise between the functional parts of the organization, again, 
supplier diversity, product delivery, and human resources up towards the C-suite. Because, uh, you know, unlike the popular rhetoric, right, which is that the chief executive officer must also be the chief diversity officer, it's not real, right? Even if the CEO or COO or CFO have an affinity for inclusivity, right? Or they get it, they're, they're ideological, they see the writing on the wall, they just see the market change. Even if they're not ideological, they get it. The moment they make a decision about change after they've gotten it, is they're gonna go to someone in the business, right? Whether they be in supplier diversity, or in product delivery, or in human resources, and tell them to make the plan. And I've seen this, I think more than most people more than all people that I'm aware of have seen it. I think most people have a client portfolio group of, I don't know, five to 10 clients. Maybe they're dealing with 100 firms if they're at a big firm. I've seen this at least 1,000 times per our engagement with more firms than anyone else at this point. And the moment a CEO maybe goes to their, the Asian woman or the disabled person or the, or the black man who's COO of a portion of the business say, now you're also chief diversity officer. And I'm going to give you a year to figure out what that means and bring it back to me, right? When executives make decisions, they delegate those decisions. And so all of the work specific to DNI, no matter who makes the decision about doing it, has to be done at a lower level of the company, at the management level and at the regular worker level. And that's where the ISO 30415 standard comes into play when a company or practitioner at that company asks, what do I do first? What do I do next? Right, the ISO standard is so comprehensive, you'll never run out of next to do's. But what you start doing is you may start in you know, one of the 32 domains and figure out how you can scale up some initial policy fixings, right? being folksy here, some initial policy fixings so that you can push them back upstream to those executives to go, okay, I see we've got the ball rolling here. I see we've got to start. And now what next? What, what do we do next? If I think about, for instance, domain uh, 13, which if you're not familiar in the standard is the onboarding and induction domain. The reason I would prioritize it if I can, which there are other ways to start down the DNI rabbit hole, but one of the elements or one of the questions in domain 13, which is a part of the human resources management life cycle, again, it's under onboarding and induction, is it asks how long it takes for a company to indoctrinate and onboard a new employee. It asks, you know, is it a few days? Is it a few weeks? Is it a few months? And that time-sensitive nature of that question, I think, prioritizes or incentivizes even, whether it's an HR practitioner or chief diversity officer or someone on their team, to ask the question, do we have proper onboarding for all of our employee types? Right. Even if we live and work in a country where everyone looks generally the same, you know, let's say we're, we're in... Copenhagen, not that there isn't a lot of diversity in Copenhagen, but I was just there, so I'll reference it, right? Or if we're in, you know, I don't know, Arizona, right? A, a, a relatively, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, a relatively more, you know, diverse place. When you 
when you ask that question, you got to go back to say, you know, do we know how many women work here? Do we know how many, like what age everyone is who works here? Do we know what their disabilities are? Do we know if we have any LGBT folks who work here? Do we know if we have any ethnic or racial minorities, two different types of groups that work here? And if we don't, they trigger different domains in the ISO standard to try to deploy a pro project, excuse me, to build that data extraction, right? To do that demographic analysis so we know how we want to include people. Um, so anyway, back to the original question. I think the ideal role of that chief diversity officer per what the ISO standard presents to us is to be the lead operator of information extraction across the many facets of the company and to be able to wrap those up and deliver them to the other executive staff so that they can make decisions about budgets and growth and also start to measure how a firm might become more inclusive. The last thing I'll say about the chief diversity officer role outside of it doing uh, external communications is that individual should be able to communicate to the other executive staff, the other C-suite roles, what the real benefit of diversity and inclusion is. And it has to be more than a warm, fuzzy feeling. I think beyond um, you know, doing DNI because we see the demographics in some of the you know, more diverse nations changing, the main financial benefit is when we look at the corporate turnover rate and how much it costs for an entity to bring on a new employee, we want to bring that number down, if possible, number one. That's a financial number. Number two, we want to see morale raised in the company where people feel like they're actually engaged on some of these issues, not like they're just pet projects that are happening that uh, few folks can participate in, right? That's number two. Number three is also another financial number, which is we want to see the amount of grievances, the amount of complaints, and those that turn into spend for the corporation become lower, right? So we wanna see less threats of lawsuits and the like uh, so that the company can spend money on doing business. And so the chief diversity officer should be able to articulate that this is a financial issue to a CFO, chief financial officer, who may not be considering the number that they spend on HR to chase down issues needs to be coupled with the spin that they're doing on DNI to engage all their employees and boost morale. And it also needs to be coupled with the number that they spend on both corporate turnover and grievances, whether they turn into insurance claims or lawsuits or you name it. Right now, those three number types are not combined. And so the CFO has a poor view of what DNI really means to their company financially. And so I think the chief diversity officer role should be to, again, communicate uh, that financial change management and also distribute the directives of change management across the organization. That would be ideal for a CDO, for a chief diversity officer, or any similar uh, title role.